We can both get behind the Chargers taking Bijan Robinson with the 21st pick, but on today's mock draft, we're experimenting with how the Chargers can fill the rest of their needs if they go running back in round one. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. As always, guys, thank you for making us your first listener to make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. And today it's Mock Draft Monday 4.0, and we're focusing today's show on if the Chargers take Bijan Robinson in round one, something that both of us would totally get as a blue chip kind of prospect, you know, as we talked to Damian Parson and going through this whole process, how do they fill the rest of their needs? Because if they do that in round one, they're obviously pushing some needs off later, especially those big positions we've talked about, tight end, edge rusher, and wide receiver. So on today's four round mock, we're going to be getting into how we fill out the rest of those giant needs if the Chargers decide to go Bijan Robinson in round one, because he's obviously special. And I think we found some guys, you know, especially some speed in the draft later on at wide receiver. We also were able to find a couple of different, very different tight ends that could bring some different things to the Chargers offense and much more. But David, it starts with round one. It starts with the 21st pick and the Chargers are very, very commonly mocked Bijan Robinson, right? And this is something where as we've watched, I mean, remember the first show you were talking about, you're like, he can't take running back in round one, right? But things change. You know, you watch more, you see more, and he is a special type of player. And there's a lot of reasons the Chargers could decide to take him in round one. Yes, there definitely is. I mean, the biggest reason is there is some controversy, you know, around their number one running back right now. Austin Eckler requested a trade, uh, and the Chargers granted that um, at least for him to go seek that trade out. So there is some uncertainty on what could happen with that situation. Yes, they have a couple of running backs that they feel good about you know, in, in Kelly and Spiller, but, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty there. And when you put on the tape and you watch Bijan Robinson, Daniel, there is a lot of, of very special things that you get to watch. I mean, just just a guy that does a lot of things really, really well. And it's really fun to imagine what he could do to transform a really, really bad rushing offense for the Chargers. Yeah, it's a chance to pair Justin Herbert and him up for the next five seasons. And even though the Chargers could be bullish on running back, and that's the biggest kind of thing here as far as the wrench that could get in the way of everything is just if the Chargers are so high on their running backs that running back is not a consideration and Bijan might not be there but a lot of the experts have him getting there to 21 and a lot of the experts also think this dude is a bona fide top three to five prospect in this draft and you want to make sure you hit on that pick you want to make sure at 21 in a big season for you that you're getting someone that can contribute right away and that's what he looks like he can do because he's not just a runner even though he would be the best runner on the chargers right now right the most talented natural gifted runner give you know special contact balance special footwork the ability to make something out of nothing even when the blocking in front of him isn't great and then you bring you know what he does as a receiver to the table david where it's very easy to see especially with kellen moore having two good running backs or being able to use two running backs well in dallas that he could really fit in nicely and it wouldn't be very hard to kind of try to fit him into this new offense the chargers are coming up with 
And when we say good wide receiver or receiver here, we're talking about a guy that you can put as a receiver and have him run a legit route tree and it look like a receiver is running it. That's what we mean when we say special special call as a wide receiver. Also, I like the fact that he's a great pass protector, too. I just feel like there's not really many parts of his game that you don't like. And, you know, that's obviously very important for a running back to be able to protect your quarterback, especially when you're just making your way into the NFL. But, you know, great contact balance, like you mentioned, power, speed to win to the edge. I mean, there's just so many different reasons why it would be exciting to bring on Bijan Robinson. Um, But obviously, uh, if you do that, there is a lot of things that you're going to have to sort out if you do take Bijan with that first overall, that 21st overall pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, injury history, I mean, it's definitely some tread on the tires, and he's not like a true just power back, you know, I wouldn't say in the traditional sense, but you don't really need him to be. Runs plenty strong. Receive his, you know, receiving game very, very good. The thing about that, though, is if the Chargers do go that direction, then they have to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of the big needs that they have at edge and wide receiver, right? At tight end, you could say, with the Chargers trying to add to that group. So in the second round, if the Chargers do go Bijan David, which they were in this four-round mock, we went different everywhere after pick one. Who did you go with? Yeah, so after taking Bijan Robinson in the first round, in the second round, uh, I was looking to fill one of those important needs that we talked about. So... Darnell Washington was available to me in the second round, and so I absolutely jumped all over that. I feel like in the second round, I feel so much more comfortable with that value there. He's just a gigantic man. I mean, huge size, 6'7", 265 pounds. (laughs) He's an excellent run blocker. I mean, fantastic. Top 10 run blocking grade at that position last year, according to PFF. Uh, He doesn't just get in the way. He finishes blocks with authority. I mean, he's a very, very strong tight end. Also, he has a great catch radius because of that size. You can really throw it around to him, and he's going to be able to go get it. Very deceptively athletic, too. I feel like he has really good speed and athleticism for a man of Mm -hmm. his size. Mm -hmm. I definitely saw him hurdle a a defender there and kind of get some extra yards. So. What he is able to do at that size, it's really um, very, very exciting to see what he could do. Also, the applications as a run blocker, especially with Kellen Moore being the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, you know he is going to be very high on making sure those tight ends are involved, and you want to make sure that you got a tight end that can block so he can stay on the field more often. And the thing I love about this is the pairing specifically of Darnell Washington with B. John Robinson because yeah. just a running back doesn't fix your running game. Exactly. Right? Chargers got really bad blocking from their tight ends last year, and it nuked a lot of you know runs that could have been much better runs at the yeah. very least. Not that they would have had a power rushing attack, but it definitely hindered them. And when you get someone like Darnell Washington, you get someone that is a people mover for sure. He's not just a get-in-the-way guy. He's a can-drive-you-into-the-ground guy. Some big misses, some big whiffs in his tape as well, but sure. a lot of things that's just, you know, things that he could work on and and something that's not going to deter you, I don't think, in any way from taking him. And I think, yeah, a lot of untapped potential potentially as yeah. a, a receiver, right? Because he Definitely is super that. athletic, 4'6 guy in the 40 at 270 pounds and 6'7. I mean, he's, 14 he's a max missed track. tackles. An average 7.5 yards after the catch per He only reception. had like 19 catches. So like he had 45 missed, receptions at yeah. Georgia and 14 missed tackles for yeah, us, okay. which is, you know, fantastic. 
So I ended up going tight end in round two as well. Someone that Damian Parson brought up as the Chargers' first round pick doesn't seem like it for most guys he's going in round one, and that is Luke Musgrave. I don't necessarily think he's going to get there, but I wanted to watch him, especially after hearing what Parson had to say about him. Yeah. Like him a lot. <laughs> I mean, man, he, unfortunately, the downside is had his season ended with a knee injury. Probably could have came back, I'm guessing, played That's it tough. safe. Yeah, I mean, he only played in two games, and then the two games had 11 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. So, like, well, well, <laughs> was definitely on his way to having a career best, you know, season for sure. Monster season, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like just the burst off the line of scrimmage, how quickly I've seen a lot of people say long strider, but man, it seemed like that dude was getting off the line quick and getting up to full speed. Really, really quick. 9.77 RAS score, 46140, 90th percentile in explosiveness. Gets to the top speed, you know, quickly and was actually pretty serviceable as a blocker. He's no Tarnell Washington. I mean, there's only one of those guys. But as far as blocking on the perimeter, getting DBs, getting linebackers in space, finding those kind of matchups for him to make those blocks, very, very capable of doing that. If you want him, you know, as the main guy in pass protection against a defensive end, Probably not the guy you want to go with, but very capable of playing in line, very capable of being split out. I think you do have to be a little bit tricky about guys getting up in his face and and stopping him from getting started. Then the acceleration obviously doesn't mean as much, you know, if you're getting pushed out and punched at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But another exciting option to really give the Chargers that vertical threat. It was what Brandon Staley talked about with Kellen Moore and what he likes to do, right? Finding those vertical pockets in the passing game and not being able to do that enough. He definitely fits that role. Yeah, and the Chargers need it. The Chargers need uh, another playmaker on offense. They need to upgrade that tight end room. Brandon Staley has said it multiple times that they are looking to do just that. They also mentioned that some of those players in that room just didn't play up to what they were expecting them to so you know that's definitely something you're gonna look for you want somebody that's capable as a blocker but you want to add that element of an explosive threat no matter if it's a receiver or at the tight end position yeah i mean dalton schultz was a good blocker but he's not a overly explosive guy right he wasn't a super powerful guy this guy's not going to win a ton of you know power competitions at the point of attack only 33 catches over the last two seasons. Maybe that lack of production makes him, you know, pushes him down a little bit. But the nice thing is, fully healthy now, was able to perform at the combine. Obviously, not being held back much when you're running a 4-6-140 as a tight end. And like I talked about on the draft expert show, like just guys like this, so many tight ends these days running four sixes. Like I remember when Donald Parham came to the Chargers, it was like this dude ran like a four six something, six foot nine. Obviously, he's like six foot eight, six foot nine. So like that's insane. But it seems like it just keeps happening more and more. Like 10 guys in this draft just in like in the 80th percentile of 40-yard dashes. But we found a way to fill one big need right there at tight end. You know, guys you could feel good about, guys that could add something to that room. A lot of big positional needs still left. And we found a way to get a speed receiver in the third and fourth round and different edge rushers one you could get in the third and fourth round today's four-round mock draft. But I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought of you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control, and you get to manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through the seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. And with Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, and navigating your franchise through free agency, the drafts, injury, personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. 
another big part of it is what kind of character guys you bring in. And I definitely went the bad route of, hey, I don't care what you have in your past. I'm bringing in anyone who can help this team win. Not as fun with the fans. Not great locker room guys. And made some of the, my other players play worse. But, hey, started like 2-14. and 14. I'm getting better. About to make the playoffs this year. I can feel it. And you get all of this in a challenging and realistic game world that makes it really a ton of fun. And Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We have both gotten a running back and a tight end so far, and I think good picks for different reasons, and we want to go over a lot of guys, but a nice step after you take a running back in round one because of, you know, that is a luxury pick, right? If the Chargers were to do that there, for them, it would make a lot of sense. And Tom Telesco, you know, has traded up in the first round to go get someone like Melvin Gordon, so you know it might at least appeal to him a little bit. But now we're getting to the nitty-gritty, David, because now we're in the third round. It's going to be a lot harder to hit on these guys. With the 85th overall pick, who'd you end up going with? Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have addressed wide receiver a little bit earlier on, but I just didn't have the right person that I was looking for with the skill set that I was looking for. So that's why I had to look for that in the third round. And so fortunately for me, I was able to find an explosive type of speed threat, and that would be from Nathaniel Dell. Nathaniel Dell is a spark plug. I mean, a, a small guy. I mean, I have to throw that out there. Five foot eight, 165 pounds. He is small for sure, but outstanding quickness and acceleration like the stop and start ability. He can turn it on and he can go in a hurry. I really love that he snaps off his routes. I feel like that's a, 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 a plus part of his game. His short area quickness is is fantastic. It's it's really hard to defend, especially in the red zone. I saw him absolutely cook a DB in the red zone mm. where he just had no chance. A nice little just hesitation slant, and then he was wide open. It just wasn't Pretty crafty, even, yeah. It wasn't even close. Also, I feel like for a smaller guy, he does a great job of tracking the ball over his shoulder, which is very important, You know, especially if you're expecting Justin Herbert to throw it 65 yards down the field. You want to be able to track that ball in the air. Also, something that was very important for me is finding somebody that could also double as a punt returner, a kick returner. Nathaniel Dell brings that to the table as well. Better punt returner than kick returner, um, but very good punt returner. 16 yards per punt average, and that's on 10 punts in his collegiate career. So a little bit worried about the size, but as far as an offensive explosive playmaker, he definitely fits that bill. He does. I, he doesn't from a, a true burner standpoint, right? Right. Four four nine forty. Was able to get sub four five. I think after going a little over when he first did it. But uh, obviously, you need a D threat. I think for his speed, I think he does a great job of stacking DBs, especially mm-hmm. for his size and, and finding a way to kind of be the only one that can get to the ball and timing it up perfectly to when that ball is going to get there and he can kind of shield the db with his body yeah does a really good job of that the acceleration deceleration for me was something that is very very attractive because the chargers need not only just a deep threat david they need someone who can create on your own you're looking for someone who can create this is one of those guys like jalen hyatt's not a creator some of these other speed threats you see out there like zay flowers is a creator but for sure he is you're looking for somebody in round three right now right Right. so (sighs) 
it's it's going to be interesting to see if the T's kind of off the Chargers board because of the size, right? Just that's, that's very well one could thing. be. They have a type, obviously. Yeah. You know, if you look at Josh Palmer, you look at Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all these Six dudes foot are two over. and above. Yeah. yeah, for the most part. So <laughs> it, that's just really, really small, and it's just it, it is. Because the dude had 109 catches, 1,398 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Big time right? So, like, yeah. he was able to produce a smaller, you know, group of five conference. But sure. I do think as far as, like, hey, you need someone that could give you yak, this dude can give you yak. And that oh, is yeah. something that is desperately missing from this Chargers offense. Can his body hold up going up against either, you know, even bigger, even faster dudes? All these guys are going to take a chance. But that yeah. is a, a risky thing for sure. With pick yep. 85 for me, I ended up going with Zach Harrison. I mean, this was one where we were trying to fill the biggest needs after taking Bijan right to feel yep. better about, hey, if they take this kind of luxury pick early, can they still get guys you feel good about at these other yep. premium positions? I liked him. I-, I liked him. I didn't love him. I'm not going to, you know, plant my flag on the Zach Harrison or die hill, but you're right. I think there's a lot there to like, especially for a third round pick, and it's going to be a lot harder to like. And I think the big thing here, David, is he fits one thing the Chargers really like. They like height in their receivers. They like long arms with their defensive front. Oh, yeah. And this dude has that, 36.25-inch arms and uses them well. I think Crazy. also comes in with a pretty solid floor and run defense, pretty good at keeping contained, pretty good at shedding blockers with those good arms, the long arms, and pretty good at scraping the line of scrimmage as well. For a guy that could sit behind Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack potentially, I think I could get behind this pick in the third round for sure. One thing I really liked about Harrison, just from the little bit that I watched, I feel like he just had a natural knack to get the ball out of the ball carrier's hands, yeah. whether that's the quarterback, whether that's the running back, the receiver. I mean, he used his length to his advantage in those situations. And, I mean, I wasn't just – it's not just one or two. I mean, it's like five or six times. I mean, he's really, really yeah. good at getting the ball out. And, hey – Causing turnovers is very valuable at the next level. Everyone's looking for somebody who has a knack for doing that. It's one of the most important things that you can do as an edge rusher. I mean, we all saw what Joey Bosa was able to do a couple of years back when yeah. he led the league in forced fumbles. It was huge. And how he to- kind of took that step as far as, hey, I'm not just worried about making contact with the quarterback. When I get yeah. there, I'm trying to get the ball out every single time. Yeah, You don't have to tell Zach Harrison to do that. It's a five yeah. former five-star recruit. The biggest thing here, lack of production. I, I mean, most sacks he ever had in a season was three and a half. In four seasons, he had 11 sacks total. Yeah. It's not what you want to see. There's other ways to disrupt the quarterback, and I thought he did those things well. I mean, a couple knocks I have on him that would worry me. Not a good first step, which is really weird because the dude is super athletic. I mean, yeah. 8.73 RAS score. He hasn't run his 40 yet. I'm not as concerned about that. The 10-yard split will be interesting, but... Poor agility grades so far, poor first step, but had very, very explosive grades as far as broad jump, vertical jump, things like that, and not a ton of bend around the edge. Still, though, I I mean, if you're talking about a guy who has a lot of the physical tools to potentially turn into something down the road for you, and if you look at the track record from the Chargers, uh, you know, of being able taking developmental guys, I mean, they'll probably take like a guy who's supposed to get picked in the sixth round, not a guy who's supposed to, you know, luckily fall (laughs) to them in the third round, but... I think definitely enough there to want to develop and to feel good about, okay, you have some more depth in that room. You have someone who's much bigger than someone like Chris Rump that if you need him to go in there physically, he's ready to play at the NFL level. So I'm excited to see, you know, what he's able to do and where he ends up because there's definitely a lot of pretty attractive tools there. A lot of things you could say, hey, 
I can do something with that. And that's yeah. how all these coaches and scouts always think, right? They're just looking for some things and saying, hey, I can get more out of that than we've seen from him already. I can, you know, polish that diamond for sure. So it'll be interesting to see. But you found your playmaking wide receiver. I found some edge death, something we both wanted to do. And we're going to flip-flop it in the next round for the fourth round pick for the Chargers. I found a speed receiver in the fourth round while you found some edge help. And we're going to get into that after this. All right, David. Well, it's pick 125 now for the Chargers. This is our first four-round mocks. This is our first experience getting, you know, to be able to look at some of these prospects in the fourth round and who could be available. Use the Draft Network mock draft simulator to get kind of a ballpark and use some of, you know, the seven-round mock drafts that are out there to see where some of these guys are going to be. But it gives us a good chance to talk about a lot of these guys. So you got tight end, running back, and then you probably, if you're going to go next after you just got your playmaking wide receiver, Going edge rusher, who did you end up with at 125? That's right. Yeah, definitely trying to get that edge edge help. I feel like that's something that they need to do uh, in the first four rounds of this draft. It just you know happened for me to be able have to target in the fourth round. So I went with Dylan Horton out of TCU. Uh, very large frame, six foot four, two hundred and seventy five pounds. So pretty good size for an edge player. Um, I feel like he does a lot of quality work splitting the tackle and the guard i feel like he does that uh very very well it's a very you know big part of his game um i feel like he plays with a mean streak and a nastiness especially in the running game yeah he's and it allows him to shed blocks effectively i mean you can really you know just tell that that's a, a big asset to his game he can set the edge uh, which is fantastic and also really love how he finishes tackles in space. He just does not allow ball carriers, quarterbacks to get away from him. He just is really good at understanding the angles and cutting those angles off and getting the ball carrier to the ground because there is not much out there that is more frustrating than watch a guy get this close to a sack and just not be able to get the job done. So, being able to finish the play is important. Also, love the fact that he showed up in the big moments. He had four sacks against Michigan in the college football playoff game. So when the lights are on the brightest, that's when you need your important players to shine, and he definitely did that. Yeah, four of his ten-and-a-half sacks, right? That's easily yeah. his most productive season it is. last season. And I think he moves pretty well for his size, too. He's a guy who could be kind of a tweener, like you said. I mean, yeah. Brandon Staley uses guys in that kind of four inside technique where they're a shade inside the tackle. So, I mean, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't be a fit for some of Brandon Staley's packages for sure. But I liked it. I mean, he's running around kind of like a, a you know tornado of knives. He's very violent. That's yeah. what I put down when I was watching him. Violent play style, which I always yeah. can get behind. And yep, love it better kind of more dependable edge help and help on the perimeter and better tackling on the perimeter and better contained. So I think those yeah. are all important things that shouldn't be underrated. And as pass rushers, all of these guys are going to be able to sit behind for a little bit, right? You might have to play more than they want to as rookies, but I think these are both pretty physically matured guys that would be ready from a physical standpoint to come in and earn some snaps as rookies. Yeah. So I like it. I, I don't dislike it at all. And I mean, I think, for someone like this, it's just going to be, you know, him refining and him kind of putting more towards that pass rushing arsenal. Absolutely. It's all it's all about trying to build the counter moves because that's one of the things that's definitely uh, an opportunity for him to work on at the next level. And, hey, fortunately, he gets to work behind 
hopefully behind two fantastic pass rushers who have a wide array of different pass rush moves that they can beat you with. And so that's something that can be coachable, that can be taught. Um, I feel like, you know, that's definitely an opportunity for him at the next level. If he does that, he can really turn himself into a much more productive edge type of pass rusher. And it'll be interesting because if the Chargers do decide to wait this long to take an edge rusher, their third or fourth round as we're doing it here, like, yeah. You probably go out and, and, and re-sign a Kyle Van Noy, right? You go yes. out and get probably a veteran, some veteran edge help because if it's just a rookie third round or fourth round pick in Chris Ruff behind Bosa and Mac, it's a little worrisome. Maybe that's yeah, you what you get. Right. And maybe that's how it shakes out. You can't, you know, you're not going to have great, great backups at every position. It's just impossible right. to do right. in a salary cap sport. Either way, I could see why they would be interested in a guy like this. I think something to work with. Not extremely long arms, but I don't think, you know, short enough arms where the Chargers would check that as a box that's a, a you know, minus for them. I think someone that would make some sense in the fourth round if they decide to wait that long at edge rusher. But I ended up going with Jaden Reed, someone I had heard a lot about, Michigan State wide receiver. A little taller, right? Maybe kind of meets their height threshold. Not six foot, but close to 5'11", close to 190 pounds. I mean, it would be very close. It would be interesting to see if the Chargers, you know, would bend for someone like Jaden Reed, who 4'4", 5'40", time, has some yak ability, definitely quicker than fast, as I think, I think I've seen a lot of people say about him, and I would tend to agree with it. Even though four four five is plenty fast, and he would you know beat the rest of the Chargers receivers by a pretty decent margin there. Not your prototypical elite deep threat, but one of the things I thought he did well was he was very quarterback friendly. Came back to the quarterback when he had to, made some very difficult catches, and also as we're getting later, just like Nathaniel Dell or Tank Dell did, bring some return value because you're probably trying to fill some of that need with some of these guys, especially if you're going to take a smaller guy which is what the Chargers were willing to use with DeAndre Carter, right? They made the yeah. exception there when right. they needed a return man. He had two seasons where he averaged over 17.9 yards per return. One season was 17.9. The other one was almost 22 yards per punt return. So another Ooh. guy who would bring some special teams ability too and bring a little bit of juice to the receiver room. Yeah, the one thing I really liked about uh, him when I was watching is the contested catch ability. I mean, I feel like... He did a really good job of using his body to d- displace himself from the defender and, mm-hmm. and be able to bring home the ball, and that's important. I mean, especially if, you know, hey, because hey, you're going up against the best athletes in the world. You're not always going to get the best separation. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be important that when you're in that situation where you have to go up and get it, that you're able to go do that. So he that's one of the, the aspects of his game that I appreciated when I was watching him. And this is, you know, you're taking a chance – on a guy that's not going to be a for sure prospect and you're hoping that the traits can tra- you know transfer to the next level. Yeah. A little bit big, uh, you know, a little bit bigger, a little more confidence that this dude could potentially stay on the field, you know, if that's something that they're worried about. And I thought pretty good releases versus press coverage. They did a good job of, you know, keeping him off the line of scrimmage where he could, but yeah. he did have some impactful plays when he was playing outside the numbers as well. He wasn't directly only in the slot. It's probably the place that makes the most sense for him at the next level, but Definitely has the speed that he could be a deep threat and has some yak ability. If I'm going with the downside of it, small, another small guy. Yeah. Small catch radius, made some ridiculous catches, but did also have some body catches as well. Not impactful at all as a run blocker. (laughs) (laughs) That's being nice about it, but you see that too much. And then I think on certain routes too, could just get a lot more crisp. And that's one of the things that entices me about him specifically is just like, 
Zach Harrison could learn behind Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and so could Dylan Horton. These guys get to learn from Keenan Allen, who gets the best releases and, you know, has route running savant, one of, baby. if not the best route runner in the league. Yep. When he was in his prime, probably had a good case for best in the league up there with the Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs of the world. Yep. If he could get that figured out, if he could kind of eliminate some of that unnecessary movement, especially on in-breaking routes, if he could find a way to kind of pair that athleticism with a more refined route tree, I think he could become more than just a deep threat, more than just a get the ball in his hands, guys. And I don't think he's an elite yak guy. Tank Dell, much better at yak as far as start and stop ability, being able to make people miss. But what Jaden Reed did bring to the table is just he's just quick enough and fast enough to kind of get an extra four, five, six yards. He's, he's quick enough to make people take bad angles for, you know, at him, and then that and, and that way he ends up forcing missed tackles. And I think that is you know something the Chargers need, right? He's an elite deep threat. He isn't an elite yak guy, but they could use a little bit of both. And this is a guy that brings a little bit of both. You're getting him in the fourth round. You're taking a chance there. But also, very, very small guy in the Chargers, you know, based on their principles, might not be willing to make those concessions. And I'm still double-dipping, Daniel. I am still double-dipping. Sure. That has always been the plan for me. So even if I get a receiver in the middle rounds, I am probably going to come back around in the later rounds. Even if that's just finding a, just a pure straight burner that doesn't do much of anything else well, just a kind of a ball of clay type guy that has a trait that I like, that I feel like I can mold, that's who I'm going to be targeting. And so I expect the Chargers to kind of double up on that position in this draft. And some other guys that we considered just couldn't find enough games on, right? Yeah. Some guys out there like Trey Tucker, Trey Palmer, mm-hmm. Tyler Scott, Cincinnati guys, you know, Nebraska guy, all guys that were impressive in 2022 and bring some of those skill sets to the table. So we're going to try to get some film on those guys too. And maybe they, you know, take over for a Tank Dell or a Jaden Reed on one of these next up and coming mock drafts. But I think in this, what we kind of set out to do, we did. We took Bijan Robinson in the first round and at least quelled some of our fears of not being able to bring depth to some of those other premier positions. Definitely. I mean, that was definitely a little bit of a concern for me because of just how important it is to bring an explosive speed threat. You wanted to focus on that so much. But, hey, the draft does not always fall the way you want it to. So you have to have contingency plans for your contingency plans and look at depth throughout the draft. So I feel like this is a good exercise for us to be able to show that we can get impact players through the first four rounds of the draft up positions that the Chargers need. Mock draft. 4.0. 4.0. I think the other thing is, too, is we're seeing that there's depth at some of these positions the Chargers need most, right? Like, this yeah. is a pretty – there's a lot of edge rushers to feel good about. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of receivers between rounds three and five to feel good about, a lot of tight ends to feel good about. So, like, you know, maybe if you needed a quarterback, you know, or something, you might not love this class of quarterbacks or whatever the case is, right? Maybe you don't like don't the running back Don't worry about that, class. thankfully. Exactly. But you're in a position where at least the things that you need, if you're the Chargers, you probably have guys you have pretty high grades on kind of throughout the draft and will have a chance to attack some of these positions. And I think maybe next week what we'll do is we'll go just like none of the none of what we think is going to happen draft, right? And go corner in the first round. Yeah. You know, defensive tackle in the second round. Offensive we'll get a little, line. Yeah, exactly. We'll go some offensive linemen short. We'll get short. crazy with it. Yeah, no, so maybe, maybe that's what we'll do, you know, next week. And also, we'll start kind of peppering some more draft stuff throughout these weeks as well, and especially yeah. now that the Chargers don't want to do anything in free agency and went a whole week without doing anything in free agency. 
time to start focusing on the draft more and time to start rooting for San Diego State to pull off the biggest win in San Diego sports history Let's go. tonight. Go Aztecs. I had to go say Aztecs, that. Sorry, baby. LA fans, but this is a big one. We will try our best to be back here for the show tomorrow. It's going to be a big night, a big kind of once-in-a-lifetime night tonight. But if any news happens, you can be sure we will be here with you guys and to break it all down whenever we have to get that show out. We will get it done. But that's going to wrap things up for Mock Draft 4.0. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's show and making us your first lesson. As always, make sure you never miss shows like this. Feel free to follow for free or subscribe to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and you can listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD as well as the show's page at LockedOnLAC. You can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and on our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get a voicemail in, we're taking more voicemails. We'll be getting into some very soon. You can call into 323-524-7924. Could have a mailbag show as early as Wednesday this week. So get your calls in. Get your 30-second question in. We'll try our best to get it on the show. And thank you guys for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Scouting Show with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft to salary cap management and more. NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise Monday through Friday because it's Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow or Wednesday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.